They're one of the oldest ethnic groups in Europe with a completely different language from its neighbors. The Basque country predates the national borders of France and Spain. Its communities straddle the Bay of Biscay and go inland toward the mountains in both countries. Today, Basque country is a prosperous region, popular for its seafood with festivals and traditions that go back thousands of years. To help us explore the cities of Basque Country, we're joined by Claire Loyeg. She lives in a small town of Hesperin, a bit inland from Bayonne. When not guiding tourists in France, Claire works on a sheep farm during the winter off-season. Augustine Theresa is an accomplished ocean surfer and kayaker, and he specializes in leading hiking and recreational tours of Spain from his hometown of San Sebastian. It's also called Donastia in Basque. Our conversation was recorded pre-pandemic. Augustine and Claire, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting us. So it is interesting that your country, it's a nation without a state or (laughs) something like that, Uh, and you've had some challenges. Uh, What's what's the vibe right now in in Basque Country in in, uh, Spain, Augustine? Well, in terms of of politics, it can be a bit complicated. We are um, an old community. We're considered a pre-European community with a very old language spoken uh, and kept oral along this um, time. We have records of us that go back to 5,000 years. Uh, we're divided by a frontier, France and Spain. In Spain, we have a state um, called the Basque Country. So Spain, Madrid gives you a state, just yes. like Catalan or Andalusia or something like yes, this. Yes, correct, correct. But when you say pre-European, that's interesting because Europe kind of started in 800 with Charlemagne or something like this, and you go back far, far before that, before there was even a sense of Spain and France. It was just Basque people. Oh, yeah. But in modern times, of course, we do have the political border between Spain and France, and Basque country happens to be split. Claire, in French Basque country, what's the the general feeling? How's the economy? How's the tourism? How's the political tension uh, about Basque people wanting to have autonomy? Interesting, because we are quite different with the Spanish part. Um... In terms of tourism, we've got a lot of tourists in the Basque Country because of our culture, because we've got ocean, mountains, etc. In the political way, um, it's interesting because our part was less uh, aggressive, perhaps, than the Spanish part because we don't have the same history. Mm-hmm. They had Franco, we had not. Ah. So it's it's quite different. But we always had a link with our brothers from there because we've got the same language, the same culture. So in somehow some Basque politics were hi- hidden in France. Right. And nowadays it's different because it has stopped. The, um, the ETA, the Spanish yeah, separatists, the ETA, are, are put down their arms and now we're just talking polite politics more. But it is interesting that because of Franco in Spain, he was anti-Basque and the Basque people had to stand up. And consequently we had the what people, a lot of people call terrorism from the ETA, uh, people that were violent for the Basque rights. But in France, uh, people were more centralized. Yeah, uh, we, we had less violence, yeah. but we had small parts, like in villages in the countryside. Right. Close from the border, we had uh, some fight over there. Apart from the political history and, and so on, and, and we do want to stress that uh, the ETA has said, OK, we're not going to be mm-hmm. violent anymore. And it's there's political discussion, but it's good news, I think, Augustine. Yes, it is. Absolutely. This is great. We have come to the good times, yeah. which uh, we all respect somehow each other. That's something to be thankful yes. for. When we look at Basque country, we have a sense of what Basque means. But when the Spanish Basques look at the French Basques, what do you see, Augustine? 
Well, I see some empathy. I mean, uh, they're proud of being Basque too. I mean, uh, the differences would be the dictatorship. They have not suffered a civil war, a dictatorship. The relationship with the government of France is um, nicer to say. So they had a better 20th century. Much, yeah, much better 20th okay. century. And you feel like you're um, ethnically your you're brothers and sisters. Yes, yes. Claire, when you look at Spanish Basque people, are you jealous because they have better food? <laughs> not at all. Come on. <laughs> Impossible. We have really good food, too. <laughs> yeah, because I've never heard of anybody say, I'm going to Basque, French Basque country for the really? food. Everybody wants to go to San Sebastian for the gourmet for, tapas. Yeah, I know, for the tapas. <laughs> we have tapas, but they're less good than there. It's oh, it's true. Okay, it's, yeah. it's totally true. But you're part true. of France, so you have a quality we've cuisine. We've got quality, and we've got also specific Basque dishes also, like ashoao, it's uh, veal meat that they don't have. Okay. We've got also uh, sheep cheese, and it's quite different from what they have. And we've got uh, things with a lot of fish, etc. So we have the same product, but we transform them in a different okay, way. Okay, so if I'm going to Basque country and I'm just going to San Sebastian, I'm just going to eat tapas and have the uh, the, the gourmet tapas. Yeah, the pinchos. pinchos. That's what they say yes. in, in, in Basque language, pin, pinchos. pinchos. Uh, what would you say that, oh, you have to give a look at French cuisine in Basque country. What is a couple of dishes I should be sure to mm. look for? Uh, ashwa, what is really, really good with meat veal, uh, with rice or potatoes, uh-huh. whatever. Uh, you should try choro. So it's a mix of uh, different fishes, like it's a stew of fish. Or fish stew, a bouillabaisse. Mm, yeah, it's in Marseille, but it's, but, it's so, a kind uh, of. Yeah, 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 yeah sort of the it's, equivalent, it's, Basque yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, because you do face the sea and you're famous for being a mariners, a lot of great Basque sailors. Now, I understand your boyfriend runs a sheep farm. Yeah. And you work with him. Yeah. I Mil- try to help him. the sheep? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I really And the lambing is great because you've got to feed the small lamb. It's really good moment. Hard moment, but good moment. Hard work? Yeah, hard work. Hard work and good cheese. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is it worth the hard work for the cheese? Yeah, it's a hard work. But <laughs> you know, you have to deserve the good cheese, so you've got to work hard. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Basque country with our French and Spanish Basque guides, Claire Loyog and Augustine Sarisa. You know, when we think about Basque Country, there are great cities. And let's just do a quick review of the cities in Spanish Basque Country. And just a a very quick, what are the top three cities and how would they be different? Well, Bilbao is the largest by far in the area, in the northern Spain. Mm -hmm. Then uh, you find uh, San Sebastian by the ocean, beautiful food. Uh And then south you find the capital of the state of the Basque Country in Spain, Vitoria. Vitoria? Vitoria. Ah, I've not been to Vitoria that has an interesting old town and a beautiful cathedral mm-hmm. and uh, also good food. It's on the way to the Rioja wine country. On the way to Rioja wine. And Bilbao is famous for the Guggenheim Absolutely. Museum there. So everybody loves the, the yes. Frank Gehry building and the, and the wonderful collection there. San Sebastian is, that was Franco's favorite vacation spot. Yeah, summer resort. Every, yeah. every summer, Franco, the dictator, yes. mellowed out. He had a palace right there on the beautiful beach. And today, there's no hint of the dictator, but there is the famously beautiful tapas scene. So I love San Sebastian for that. Guernica is a town that a lot of us know about because of the Picasso painting and the horrible bombing leading up to World War II and the Spanish Civil War. Guernica is special for all of Basque people. Yes, this is very special because of the Guernica oak tree, which has um, been a symbol of freedom and democracy for the Basque people since the Middle Ages. Is that Spanish Basque or all Basque? Yeah, all Basque, all Basque in the area. Claire, is Guernica important for Spanish or for French Basque people? Yeah, yeah, a lot. We go a lot visit there to understand what's the importance of the place and the painting. 
So that's interesting. As a French Basque person, when you think of our heritage, you're kind of ignoring the border because you go back before the border. Yeah, we we had no border before, so we still have a lot of exchanging between yeah. the people, the shepherd in the mountains and, and the fishermen. So we had all our lifelong links together. Now, when we think of French Basque country, I, I know Bayonne, uh, Bayritz, Saint-Jean-de-Luz. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the... How would, how would those be described for a traveler planning a trip? So first, those cities are much more smaller than in the Spanish side. We've got small cities in the French part, okay? Oh, okay. Like Bayonne is the biggest one. It's 47,000 inhabitants. M- much smaller than Bilbao. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so just to give you an idea. Because Bilbao is an industrial power of all of... Uh, it's important even in the Spanish economy. Yes. And and uh, Bayritz and, and Bayonne, they're old. They're smaller. Small like yeah. Biarritz is more a resort, like right. for really... In the history, it was for uh, the Empress. So it was really a rich city. Bayonne, it's a great city. It's a medieval city with ramparts, historical city yeah. with the cathedral. So there are really two different ambiences in those two cities. And I got to be honest, I did not like Bayritz. I liked Bayonne. What, what would you say? I would say the same. I love Bayonne like, because it's a lively city. You've got students. You've got all the parts of the society, rich, poor students. Everybody's living here. But I really like also to go visiting and to stay at the Bay of Saint-Jean-de-Luz because it's really cute. I'm glad you said the Bay because Saint-Jean-de-Luz is historic. It's a beautiful little town. It's my favorite town in in the whole region in a lot of ways. And I climb up to the little, um, there's a little dike and then there's an elevated walkway along the the balcony there. It's a crescent-shaped beach and it, it looks to me like a scene that would inspire a French Impressionist painter. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. gorgeous. Augustin Sarisa from Spain and Claire Loyeg from France are taking your calls about their home turf in Basque Country at 877-333-7425. Bill's on the line from Portland, Oregon. Hey, Bill, do you have any thoughts or concerns about your upcoming uh, travels through Basque Country? Yes, because I'm going through two different countries in this wonderful region, I was wondering if there is a town right on the border where a car rental company specializes in, hey, drop it off with no one-way fee in France and then pick up one right across the border in Spain. Bill, uh, when people are renting a car, it can be expensive to rent a car in one country and drop it in the other. You can just pay the, the fee for the convenience, or you can rent a car in one country and drop it at another spot in that country for no extra fee and then take the train across the border, spend time in the town that you're starting, and then when you're leaving that town, rent another car. And that's the way to get around that um, can-be-expensive drop fee. Yes, that uh, my suggestion would be to drop it off at the train station in Endai, which is the border town with uh, Spain. There, you can easily take the train to San Sebastian, which takes uh, half an hour, 45 minutes, and then rent another car. Okay, so that's a very good tip. Hyundai, it starts with H. Yes. So I guess we should leave this question with what are some great afternoon uh, excursions to do in the town of Andai? Would you stay in Andai? I, w- I wouldn't stay in Andai. I would drive all the yeah. way to Andai and then commute to the Spanish side. You're so close to so many beautiful places. I wouldn't stay in Andai. Yeah. Stay in San Jean de Luz. That's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and just just next door in this, on the Spanish side, you find Onda Rivilla. In medieval oh, looking one, yeah. town, uh, I would stay there that's, rather than That's Andai. a Spanish town, Onda Rivilla. Onda Rivilla. Start H-O-N. H-O-N-D-A. 
R-I-B-I-A. On the river. Those are nice towns, but do not stay in Endai. That's where you change trains or leave your car or something like that. Good luck, Bill. Good to know. Excellent information. Thank you, guys. You bet. Thank You're you. Welcome. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Claire Loyag and Agustin Tharitha. We're talking about Basque Country, and we're joined by guides from French Basque Country and Spanish Basque Country. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and Don's on the phone from San Francisco. Hey, Don, what's your favorite place in Basque Country? Donostia. <laughs> Donostia. Now, that's interesting because that's a different no, name. That's San Sebastian. Yeah. That's the Basque name for so, San Sebastian. Oh, now that's a good reminder. Bravo, Don, you're speaking Basque. See, I just think, well, I guess what the Spanish would call the big city, San, yeah. Saint Sebastian. No, we call it Donostia, Donosti. And, but and uh, I keep saying San Sebastian is more familiar for four years. Donostia. Yes. Okay, tell us about San Sebastian slash Donostia, Don. Oh, I loved it. I, You know, Rick, I wouldn't have gone there if it wasn't for you. <laughs> I mean, it's the best-kept secret in all of Europe. And I'm ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like no, about I it? I almost dropped it off my list, you know. I, I spent a whole month in Spain, and I thought, gee, this is too much. I'm, maybe i got to cut something out. Yeah. And I'm so glad I didn't. You know, it was beautiful. I've never traveled anywhere just for pub food, but San Sebastian is the exception. You can get on a train for hours and go to San Sebastian, just spend an evening doing the pub crawl, don't eat lunch, come really hungry, and it's going to be one of the highlights of your trip. What? Tell us about your experience with the tapas in San Sebastian. The tapas were interesting because everywhere else, you know, the tapas are right there on the bar. It's like you can just grab them, and, and they look better than everywhere else. Mm. And, you know, and the funny thing is that some French family came in, and they stopped me from grabbing what I was going to grab. And he was like, no, no. He told me what to order, champignon, and it was just great. Mushrooms. Yeah. And they're very competitive. It's very visual. What If you see it, if it looks good, you can just grab it. I would remind you, though, that on the blackboard above it is the hot dishes. And, Augustine, what is the advice for hot hot dishes that are not on the table? Yes, these are the pinchos calientes, and these are coming extract from the kitchen. They're freshly cooked, and they're very impressive. You can tell they have this influence of the modern cuisine that has turned San Sebastian, this culinary capital of, of the world. I would always suggest people to go for that. I mm. mean, it's very tempting to eat all that food in the counter, yeah. but also try be more adventurous and try that food that is exposed on this blackboard Mm-hmm. on the wall. So for a quick bite, you see something, an uh, open-faced sandwich on the bar, grab it, it's a couple couple euros, that's great. But if you want to have a meal, it takes a little more time. You have to be aggressive because there's so many locals that speak the language <laughs> and they know how to get service, so the yes. tourist can be ignored. <laughs> yeah. You have to bully and belly up to the bar there and, and say, excuse me, yes. I want that. Yes, you have to catch the, uh, the call the attention of the uh, of the bartender, yeah. make your way to the... Did you manage, Don, at the bar okay? Oh, I was a hero at the bar because... I play in this band, and my keyboard player is Basque, and he told me to order something. I, I don't know how to say it in Spanish, but it ended in en su tinta. It was squid in its own ink. Oh, chipiron en su tinta, chipiron. <laughs> oh, is yeah. that? Say that again slowly. <laughs> say that again. What, what? Chipiron en su tinta. Chipiron en su tinta. Tinta? Oh, en tinta. Okay, tinta. so squid in its own ink. Yes. Nice. All right, Yeah, Don. so you get this dish, and it's black, and, and all these tourists were going... What's he eating? <laughs> and, the, and the bartender goes like, he, he said it in Spanish, like he's a brave man. <laughs> he's a brave man and a smart tourist. 
It was great. Well, apart from eating, uh, the city has, it's sort of entertaining. There's uh, that amusement park up on the hill. I love that. That was fantastic because it's so old. Yeah. You would never allow rides like this in America. I mean, it was wonderful. And, and then there's the incredible beach. It's just that, that crescent beach, uh, beautiful sand. I lucked out. And the scary thing about the beach is people are half naked, and that's weird for Americans. Oh, it's very stressful to see half naked people on the beach. I, I, yes. just, I, have to, I try to get used to it by going every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I had lovely weather. They told me I lucked out because they had beautiful weather and went swimming. <laughs> it sounds like you're a walking advertisement for San Sebastian. <laughs> oh, absolutely. San Sebastian with Don from San Francisco. Don, thanks for your call. Okay, Rick. See you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Claire Loyag and Augustine Sarisa, and we're talking about Basque Country. And Claire and Augustine, teach me just a little phrase that you think a traveler should know when they're visiting your homeland. First of all, Claire, what, what should I know when I'm coming to... Is it just bonjour, merci? Yeah, if you enter somewhere, say egunon. What is egunon? Egunon, it's bonjour, hello. Egun means the day and on, good. Okay, so even when I'm in France, people appreciate the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say egunon, bonjour, but they will always appreciate if you say something. They'll be surprised to hear a tourist say egunon. Yeah, exactly. Augustine, what will I say in uh, Spanish Basque Country? Well, you'll use the Basque language again, and uh, you will get a more... Credit, some more credit, a bigger <laughs> yeah. smile. Yes, yeah. a bigger smile. And how do you say? Uh, how do you say thank you? Thank you, Escaricasco. Escaricasco. I usually tell my two members to, you know, the Costco supermarket. Yeah. It can be scary to go into Costco, so scary Costco. <laughs> <laughs> scary Costco. <laughs> yes. I'm learning Basque. Yes, yeah. You are. Oh, scary Costco, very much. Yes. <laughs> All right. Happy travels, both of you. Happy thank travels, you very much. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. You can experience my favorite European people, places, and stories in my newest book, For the Love of Europe. Order your copy today at ricksteves.com.